I'm Sarah Heiner, president of Bottom Line Inc., the number one provider of expert-sourced, expert-vetted, expert advice that empowers your life. I'm thrilled to be talking today to celebrity trainer Joel Harper. Joel has spent the last 20 years developing custom workouts for clients of all types, including Olympic medalists, young kids just learning to appreciate their health, actors preparing for a new role, and business executives desiring increased energy. Joel's the creator of all of the workout chapters and accompanying DVDs in the You book series with Drs. Oz and Roizen, in addition to his own workout DVDs. Joel is also author of Mind Your Body, detailing his unique multifaceted approach to long-term weight loss and how a powerful mindset is the key to an optimally balanced you. His blog, Your Personal Mind Body Coach, is one of Bottom Line's most popular blogs. You can learn more about Joel and his work at joelharperfitness.com, and you can sign up for his blog at bottomlineinc.com. Joel, I'm so glad to talk to you. You are you are one of part of the Bottom Line family. You're so so ingrained with us between the newsletters. You've been writing for us for years. Your blog is truly one of our our most popular. All right, so here's what I want to talk about today. Without having you tell secrets or names, but everybody is so fascinated with celebrities, not necessarily in a healthy way. But I thought maybe if we talk about what's really going on in celebrities' lives, we can help people get a better perspective for, for making changes in their own lives. All right? Can we do that? Without a doubt. Okay, cool. So the, the celebrities look great. But let's talk about in, in your book, in Mind Your Body, you talk a lot about something called deserve levels. And let's talk about how that relates to celebrities. And, you know, they look great, but are they really healthy mind, body, spirit? Uh, well, I want to make sure everybody understands what deserve level is, first of all, because uh, it may be different to each person that's listening today. And so what I, my definition of a deserve level is a rating of self-worth, self-respect, and self-esteem for a given category in your life. It's the blessing or permission you give yourself based on what you believe you deserve in your life. And, you know, it boils down to you become what you think you deserve to be. So a lot of people have been doing this over and over and over without actually realizing what they're doing. And so I want people to really, you know, well, my clients, when they come to me, I get them to be mindful of their thoughts and how their thoughts create their reality. And when you break down their thoughts, that really helps me achieve their goals. So whether it's a celebrity or you know, a, you know anybody who comes to me to work out, I break it down really simply starting with that deserve level. And then we have you know the 10 categories, which we'll talk about later, and um, that I break them down to each individually. But when you're dealing with celebrities, they usually have a high deserve level, the ones that I work with, uh, and they really have high expectations for themselves, so they set themselves up for success. But so, but, then at the same time, they have a deadline. They have movies, they have photo shoots, and they have something that they're really striving for with a date on it. So that really gives them some sort of end result that they can visualize. And then their egos get involved. So when you get somebody's ego involved, uh, it's a good thing because it helps drive their behavior and drive their actions on a day-to-day -day basis. So they're totally driven by those results and the end results and the reward of their success. But deep inside, you know, there were two aspects to the dessert levels. There's what do you think you should have and then how are you doing at it? And it's kind of like a secret demon inside. So some people that are, you know, they might have a high deserve level of work, 
but yet they don't necessarily have a high deserve level of attitude or joy. So they're kind of trudging through or they might secretly not feel great about themselves even though they look good. Right. And so that's why I get people to ask themselves questions. So I start off doing that for my clients and then to get them ingrained in their behavior so they do it for themselves. So um, I broke it down into the 10 categories. And I really want your audience to understand those 10 categories, which I think are fitness, nutrition, family and friends, nest, you know, where you live, your spiritual condition, work, attitude, finances, hobbies and dreams, and your dreams, which is very important. And I finish with that because it kind of takes everything to the next level. Yeah, it was hobbies and interests and then dreams, right? And dreams, yes. Yeah. So when you take it down and you break it down to those levels, everybody is really good at something and not so good at something else. So what I try to get them to do is spread. And my definition of spread is spread something you already know how to do into something you're not doing so well. So if I have a um, actor or somebody famous coming into me who wants to really achieve you know, a huge amount of weight loss, uh, I try to get into their categories and figure out which one they do the best. You know, it could be friendship, it could be hobbies, it could be family, and then I get them to use the traits that they already have, and I get them to put them into the category that they need to work on the most, which is why they come to me, which is fitness. So celebrities are people too, right? Without so, a doubt. Right, so that even though they're, the- they're, uh, they're people that have deadlines. And that's what I really focus on, you know, uh, with people that come into me is really working on deadlines to set themselves up for success. So they have an actual very specific goal so that we can work towards that. Let's say somebody wants to go to a, uh, you know, a high school reunion and they want to lose weight and they want to, you know, get more defined and not look so, you know, soft, as a lot of girls say. Uh, so what I get them to do is pick out the outfit they want to wear ahead of time. And they're like, oh, you know, it doesn't really fit, so how can I pick it out? Well, I get them to go in the store, try on the bigger size, cut down to the size they want, and then buy that dress. And I get them to try it on every single day until it fits. So it makes them really feel what it feels like not to fit in that dress. So they deal with reality. Because getting in shape is dealing with reality. you got to really face who you are today. Well, and it's interesting, actually, setting up these deadlines. As you said, the celebrities, for the most part, have deadlines that they have to you know, meet for their movie filming or whatever. But it's, a, it's something that everybody can do and incorporate into their own lives. So what happens now once the movie's done or once the TV show stopped filming for the summer? Do they stick with their commitments or do they kind of go to pot? Because you always see the pictures in People magazine of, you know, sitcom guy at the beach in Hawaii not looking so trim. Right. Well, it depends on the person and their personality type. So there's no one, you know, black and white answer. It varies. It's a whole spectrum. Some people like that off time and it gives them free time to gather their thoughts, um, become more centered, do what they want to do. Other people don't do very well with free time when they really don't have, you know, a place to be every single day. They start to stay up too late. You know, the next thing you know, they slept till noon. The next thing you know, their, their habits, because they were so rigid before, that they want it, they take it to the opposite extreme, where then they have no rigidity, when they're just, their, uh, their days are all over the place, because they have no schedule. So that's where it gets a little tricky for some people, is because they love staying up late at night and going to parties and stuff, but the next thing they know, they get in the behavior, in the pattern of doing that, and they create bad, you know, little eating habits, they, trade, but they don't stick to the workouts, they overslept, 
and they start getting a little sloppy. Whereas other people love that off time because then they can work on something that they couldn't do if they're that disciplined. But there's no right or wrong answer. It's trying to, what I try to do is figure out what works best for my clients. Well, and these are, they're really what you described are two very different personality types and, and practices because the go for the goal, look great for the movie, be done. To me, that wouldn't be somebody that has a deserve level of 10 on their body. That would be somebody well, who has a deserve level. Keep it going. Then when they get right. out, then they want to learn something dance. They want to get ready for their next film. They're either, some people write their own projects, so they, they're back at their desk. So they just change their workouts and adjust according to their schedule if they're the disciplined type of focused person. Right, okay, and then other people, they actually make a lifetime commitment to healthy eating, healthy lifestyle, spiritual attitude, the whole nine yards. Exactly, because now usually if they're doing really well, they have the income to do that and the freedom and the confidence to not be anxious and nervous for the next paycheck. So is there a standard place where they fall off their wagons? Is there, a, you know, like a, a vulnerable place in general, like the most common? Uh, there's, it's not really the most common. I find that it varies from person to person. So it's across a huge spectrum. You know, some people um, are not very social when they um, do their movies because they really want to focus on their character. So they lose contact with friends. They lose, you know, they kind of get, you know, isolated into a little world, especially if they're shooting on location. So when they get back, they see people and they go out to eat, they go to parties, they go drink. And, you know, it could be a slippery slope if they let it. But some people are really disciplined. They can do that and they'll go out and drink water and then be home by 10 o'clock and be up for the next day, you know, so they can accomplish what they set out to accomplish. But I, I, I tell people to take, you know, at least a good week just to let yourself, you know, relax, enjoy, get massages, get facial, do stuff that's indulgent, but also at the same time enjoyable. Right. So how does it change when you have somebody on their way up versus once they're established? Like so that somebody who's starting out in a business, no matter what it is, or starting out on their path? Do you, co do you coach them and work with them differently when they're younger and evolving versus when they get kind of, you know, old and yeah, stuff? Yeah, exactly. Usually, I'm, it's my, I'm big on creating consistency. I think that the main way to make progress is through being very, very consistent. And that's when I find people get results and they feel better about themselves because they feel more balanced and more grounded. And when I, I work with balance, you know, mind balance and body balance and muscle balance, all those three things need to be added up to equal a complete 50-50 on both sides because then you feel more centered and grounded. If people get a little unbalanced, uh, then, you know, physically, if, you know, one side of their body's tired than the other one, it kind of actually emotionally throws them off. And so that's why I work with numbers with my clients and asking them, hey, if this side, what number do you feel it? The other side, what number do you feel it? Because once I create that balance there, then they're more centered and grounded and then they can accomplish stuff better on a day-to-day -day basis. So what, so what impact does the constant judging in their lives have on their deserve levels? I would think that it would just be utterly devastating to live your life constantly judged, spoken about, on parade for everybody in the world, no matter what you do, no matter where you go, there's some camera that's looking at every piece of cellulite in your thighs. And some people love it. Some people, that they thrive on that, I find. That they love going out, they love good looking great, they love wearing designer clothes, they love you know uh, the glamour. Some people really, really love that. Uh, changing clothes all the time, having people do their hair and makeup, and some people dread it. 
They just hate going out. It's just, it's basically personality types. And, you know, I get my clients to really figure out what personality type they have. So I have a test in my book with all these emotions and feelings to figure out, you know, what are you today and what do you want to be tomorrow? So if they're got, if they're not a personality type that loves that stuff, are they in the wrong business? And is that something not, that everybody should kind of be aware of? No, because they like to create. They like to, uh, you know, pretend to be somebody who they're not. Uh, and before, when I was saying go out, it means they're going out as themselves. In movies, they go out as somebody else. Right. And it's I, and a huge difference right there. Some people hate going out in public, but they love dressing up on the set and pretending to be somebody else and using different accents, you know, carry themselves different depending on the clothes they're wearing. They love that. So how come so many of them fall off the cliff and fall off the wagon? And Well, you never really know what goes on behind the scenes uh, because everybody is a little bit different. Some have, you know, dependencies and some have, you know, alcohol issues and all these, you know, different range of um, addictions going on because that's their type of personality. So if they're not addicted to work, they're addicted to working out. They're addicted to, you know, I have a lot of clients who are addicted to working out who just, you know, don't at the end of the workout, they've had enough and they don't want it to finish. Uh, so I try to get them to be mindful of that so that they monitor it and don't take it to an unhealthy level. Like I had one client, she was reading where turkey and blueberries is a great combination and you should, that's really healthy for you. So she, I, for like two weeks, she, all she would eat is turkey and blueberries. Uh, you know, they get a thought in their head and then they just implement, 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 implement. So it turns into an obsession. How'd that you know, turkeys I, and blueberries work for her? Uh, well, it didn't because it was just it's such a limited. I mean, blueberries are great for you. Turkey's great for you. But there's a whole other wide range of nutrients and vitamins that our body needs. Well, I think you, al you also said, and I've heard from, we've published as well, you should generally separate your fruit from your protein. Because exactly. it will rot in your stomach. Exactly. <laughs> uh, which I tell in my book is I you know, give 10 rules for eating, for exercise, and for your mind. Just helps people. I, I like to make things simple for people. So it makes it very user-friendly so that it's achievable. We all have all these projects and all this stuff to do. And I try to really get people to make it simple for themselves so they enjoy it. Because if you don't enjoy something, you're really not going to come back and do it again. Yeah. You know, that's for my, my celebrities. I try to get them to enjoy working out with me. So when they don't have a deadline, they keep doing it. You know, they stick to it so they feel the results and they feel their body tension free and their back doesn't bother them and their neck doesn't bother them. And so when they do go do stuff, they feel good and they feel centered. Yeah, it has to be part of the lifestyle and who you are versus and in order to, right? To exactly. starve yourself in order to get the movie part, in order to get to the high school reunion. Like I love that for a goal for kickstarting everything. But if that's the only reason and then you pass that place, it's not the internal shift of, I now truly value my nutrition. I now truly value my dreams or my spirituality or whatever aspect of it is that I'm working toward. Right. And what I get people to do, back to your question before about the more established actors and the more established celebrities as opposed to the new and the up and coming ones, um, there's a huge you know, range of uh, personalities in both of those. Uh, but I, what I try to get people to do is not compare themselves to others. I get them to compliment others. So when they're seeing somebody who's in really good shape and they're not in that good of shape, go, oh my God, that person's in great shape, to if you know them to say something. So it makes you feel better in the process of making somebody else feel better. So when you do that, it's, you know, it, it kind of 
bridges the wall between the two of you and makes it a little bit more achievable, you know, because if they achieved it, you can achieve it as well. And so as opposed to thinking, oh, my God, that person's in great shape, a lot of people think, oh, I'm never going to be able to do that. So, it, you know, they come back, they, they start to chip away at their deserve level. And I try to get them to admire other people, compliment other people, look at other people and think, oh, you know, that's great. I can have that, too, as opposed to, oh, that's great. I'm never going to do that well. Right. I'm or, never that good. I'm never going to afford those clothes. I can never, you know. Or in a competitive fashion where, wow, they look so good. Let me let me bump them off. Right. Let me, exactly. let me knock them down. Do that, I'm, it's really a part of yourself. So I get them to revert back to what part of yourself are you really talking to? There's a part of yourself that you want to let go. Is it that judgmental self? It's really not the other person. It's just a part of yourself that needs to be eliminated. So in your book, you also talk about something called escape routes, which basically are excuses for not sticking to your commitments and not trying to have the higher deserve, stick to the higher deserve level that you're aiming toward. Um, did I describe that properly? Yep, exactly. Okay. So what are the, the most common um, behind the scenes escape routes or the bad habits that a lot of the celebrities jump to? Because again, they look great, but then you see them drinking too much coffee, you know, smoking, eating disorders, et cetera. So is there a common pattern that they're all falling to that while we're all, while the public is going, wow, they look so good on the red carpet, but deep down inside, they've just stuck their finger down their throat before they walked out. Well, there's some people that do that, but I don't think a lot of people do that kind of bad behavior anymore. Uh, I think because everybody can see everything they're doing. I think, yes, there is some that do it, but I think a lot of people are getting, you know, they're, uh, life together to feel better about themselves. There still are, you know, a whole group of people and they're going to sabotage, you know, everything just because of their mental makeup. You know, they just can never enjoy their successes and they don't think they deserve it because of some deep rooted, you know, issue that they've been carrying around for years that they need to clean up. You know, some, you know, take responsibility and decide, you know what, I'm going to, you know, face my fears right on and I'm going to confront um, what goes on. And, uh, and that's my job as a trainer is to bring that to the forefront so that they don't sabotage themselves, their relationships, their friendships, their jobs, you know, whatever it is. Some people love that and some people don't care for that very much at all because, you know, they want to be a lot of what well, the other thing with celebrities is they, you know, a lot of people yes them. And that's where it gets a little tricky is because if you yes, 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 somebody all the time, you know, it's like a little kid. If you give them all the candy, let them eat all their, you know, anything they want and do whatever they want, you know, it's really hard to break that pattern because they see the world, you know, with these falsely um, lit glasses on, you know, and my goal is to take those glasses on and get the, you know, the person, you know, do them a favor and get them to really see who they are, you know, and who they want to be. And it's not me telling them, it's me asking them questions. It's asking the right questions to the right person at the right time. And so that's like in my book, Mind Your Body, I have the 10 categories, but each one of the 10 categories has 10 questions. So each person answers them individually and then they come up with their own answers. So then, then they really get results and get to see who they are today. So you talked before about the dependencies and addictions of the celebrities, and you talked about that some of them just have a mental makeup that they just don't deserve it. Do you think that celebrities have a higher incidence of those kinds of challenges than the general public, or is it simply that their challenges become public so we all hear about it? Uh, because people like to hear about it. 
people love to see, you know, uh, they when they're driving by a car wreck, they love to see slow down and see what happened. They just people like that, and so they like to see, you know, what's going on. And you know, there's so much, there's so many avenues to see that now. And people post, you know, on Instagram all these different things about themselves. Most of them really try to look their best, you know, in their pictures, which I think is great. I think all this social networking can really do a good thing because it makes people, you know, a lot of people who aren't celebrities you know, can take the pictures and, you know, put them on and get, you know, 20 likes, 50 likes, 100 likes, and then it pushes them to work out harder because they got a positive response. Whereas the poor, you just went to the gym, you know, in the winter, you had your clothes on, nobody really see what you look like. You know, these celebrities, you know, a lot of them, they do that and they get a huge sense of response. And most of the ones I know go on and they look at that, all that stuff. They love it. You know, they love the response and they love you know, the attention, it fuels them to do better and better. But then if they're not putting it on and somebody else takes them a picture of them, do you know what I mean? It, you know, and sometimes, uh, you know, they can manipulate the picture to make them, you know, look really bad. Somebody who doesn't look so bad. So it's really interesting though, because you actually, you know, if there are a lot of people that are very critical of social media and the putting the pictures on and aiming for the likes and that they'll, they'll fault that for depression and problems in teens where they have low self-esteem, if they don't get enough likes, if, if their friends don't comment appropriately, then they'll, they'll go the dark side because they're disappointed in what they got. And yet it's interesting that you take that or maybe it's just for this group that are fueled by the likes and the counts and that that's their motivation, but you're taking a very high road on that. Exactly, and that's what I'm telling about comparing. So it goes back to what I said previous about comparing yourself to other people. So that's what a lot of people do is they get on social media and they compare themselves to that person and feel like, oh, that person looks like they're in a great relationship. Oh, that person's in Italy. Oh, that person's on a yacht. Oh, that person's on this, you know, which is all great. Instead of saying, oh, that's amazing. I can work hard and I can do that too. Oh, I can, oh, that's, you know, instead of spending time on here, give myself a limit and I need to go work out. You know, instead of assessing on it, thinking, oh, I'm never going to do it, I get to, you know, people who want to achieve something great, I get them to figure out, okay, great, if they achieved it, you can achieve it, you know, just as easily as they did, you know, but you, you know, it's, you've got to work. Right. So, it becomes easy. So, in the old days, we would simply take a picture and scotch tape it to the refrigerator. Exactly. And nobody (laughs) would see it. But now, you know, anybody who's anybody can post anything and get, you know, likes. So it's in the winter, you can take a picture of you working out in the gym and people are going to see it. You're not going to have to put on a sweater and pants and nobody's going to ever see it. So So if you're the type of person that wants people to see it, now it's very easy to do. So it creates motivation. And I think it's excellent. You know, all these, you know, avenues to get that out there is great. And it's a good way for people to expose themselves, you know, figure out different careers. And, you know, it's a great source of income for a lot of different industries. Source of income for industries, how so? Uh, clothing, ah. you know, it's a great way to the influencers. Know, for yeah, for different clothes, video, uh, right. you know, editors. A lot of editors are getting tons of work, you know, and uh, photographers because there's just this whole, you know, uh, demand for uh, product out there that you know. It's, there's easy avenues to, you know, oh, I have a new protein bar. Oh, I have this, or you know, right. a new clothing line. You know, kids, it's great for them to, you know, get their products out there with otherwise they would never be able to meet somebody to get it out there. Right. True. So get exposure. again, with with the counts and with the postings and with the going for the likes, do are the the celebrities understand, though, that their entire self 
is not wrapped up in the number of likes? Like, do they, is it a false sense of gratification that they, they get from that versus deep inside feeling proud and having the confidence of who they are as a person? Or is it like a, a separate person, the public person and the private person? Well, there's multiple different people as well, too, that I train. Some people get addicted to it, and it, it, then they can't sit there and have a meal with somebody else because they're on their phone, uh, which then it takes it to the you know opposite extreme where they're not enjoying being in the moment. And so that's where each person has to be you know responsible and you know accountable for what they're doing and who they want to become. Is are they the type of person that wants to be that way, or if they do not want to be that way? So it's really not getting lost on the train. It's figuring out when to get on the train and when to get off the train. Right. And how do you and work with people? Because there's so much reward to get on the train. So how do you work with people? Whether it's you know they're addicted to smoking, food, drugs, whatever, because because some of them are using as you're training them. How do you work with them to get off the addiction and to understand that that addiction is some form of an escape route? from their life I, by asking them questions to get them to ask them questions such uh, as yeah and it's it gets really tricky because a lot of people you know get start working out and feeling better about their body and then they get a little too obsessed with it and then it becomes uh it they it, they get a little bit over it because usually they you know if they were an alcoholic or if they had a drug dependency and now they've cleaned that up they still have those patterns in their brain that cause that addiction, whether you know it be shopping or whatever it is, they're just transferring it to a different category. So that's why I try to get them to answer uh, questions so that they're a little more balanced and they are uh, really um, sensitive to when they take it a little bit too far so that they can rein themselves back in and then choose something uh, in a different category that is positive so they are a little bit more balanced. So interesting. You know, whether it be go spend time with a friend, whether it go get a massage, whether it be, you know, uh, just hang back and read a book, you know, whatever it is. Each person's a little different. So interesting. So I'm going to call it once an addict or an addictive personality, always an addict. But, you know, how, how do you get them from an unhealthy addiction to a healthy addiction, like a meditation addiction or a spirituality or a... Exercise. Exactly. You try to first get them in the positive category. And it's not this simple. I'm just making right. it a little simple just so the audience understands it. Um, but I get them to pick healthy activities and healthy things to substitute for the time that they would be in a bar, that they would be drinking, uh, that they would be. So at least they start to build their kelp you know, it chips away at the old self and starts to chip away and starts to build up their self-confidence so that they do feel better about themselves. And at the same time, if they have some sort of um, issue that deeps down inside that they're dealing with is to, you know, you know, find a really good therapist to help them work through that so that they don't, you know, they break the pattern. Right. Okay. So we've been talking about Hollywood celebrity kind of people. How about athletes? I mean, they obviously have a very high motivation for their success, but um, how, how do they differ in their, in, in what the way you train them and what their modus operandi is? Well, I try to help them become the best athlete they can, but at the same time is really listening to their body. And this I find really important is really educating them on, you know, when they're playing to listen to like, mm, something feels bad in my calf something's bothering my knee and most people I know think oh I'll push through it and it'll go away 
And the body doesn't really work that way. That's like saying, hey, I have food in my teeth. Oh, I'm just going to leave it there. It's going to finally fall out. You know, you need to right away get floss and get rid of that food in your teeth, you know, and then move on. I get my clients, you know, and all of them and everybody I train to really be mindful of hmm, something that doesn't feel right. If it doesn't feel right, you need to fix it. Your body is continually talking to you and for you to listen. And that's what I find pro athletes, you know, uh, really take their game to the next level is by not getting injured. When somebody gets injured, then they're really screwed up. You know, they they could take them out for the season. It could take them out for that game. It could, you know, something. It could lead to something worse. So what I really get them to do is really focus on, you know, hmm, stopping, giving themselves a time to take a breath and think, oh, I need to fix this real thick, real quick. Whether it be self massage, whether it be a stretch, whether it be an exercise. So everybody knows their body. They know their body better than I do. I can only answer them and put them in the right question at right pace so that they get in the best shape they possibly can. Yeah, and you you know you talk about balance throughout all your workouts, but also so athletes who are so driven for their body, they're they're focused on the body, their performance, etc. How important is the full spectrum of balance for them to be able to go to a higher level that it's not just about physical, that it is the mind game, it is the spiritual game, it is all these other aspects of their lives to to be you know in balance to make them be a, a whole healthy person well most of them when they come to me they've already achieved a huge amount of success so that they already have the mindset of a winner what i try to do is some of them didn't learn you know some not basic is not word but some simple techniques to fix mm, my hamstring doesn't feel right oh there's a little tweak in my knee how do i fix that and I'm big on self-massage and getting rid of it. For example, this morning I had a guy who came for a session, his knee was bothering him. And I showed him a couple of things to do around his knee to get rid of that right away. And he was like, oh, wow, I never would have done that. I would have, you know, done a couple of stretches and then I would have moved on and had it still bother me and which, you know, could have caused, you know, some sort of long-term knee issue. So I get people to stop and give themselves the time to fix it and not try to push through it. So you're not working with most of the athletes. You're just you're on body body only. You're not doing the full mind body thing and working with them. I do that on the with other. all my clients during the workout. But yes, and that's that's takes it to the next level. So each client, while they're exercising, we talk at the same time to use time wisely and efficiently. You're like the therapist trainer. Exactly. So they'll <laughs> be doing something and they're answering questions why they're actually doing it. Because at the same time, what that does is it distracts their mind. And when you distract somebody's mind, they can usually do much more than they think they could. Can I tell you, I was doing I was doing some of your exercises the other day, and you had you had me having to count either do the alphabet backwards or count by threes forwards and backwards. That was exactly. so hard. It was the weirdest thing. It makes a huge difference. Oh to my! Do that. I do that with all my clients. It, it it just it takes their game to the next. And a lot of people come with friends and they work out with each other. And when I get them to do that, then they do it with each other at the same time, whether it be starting at 100 and subtracting three. So they'll go back and forth, 97, 94. You know, and it kind of creates a little bit more of a team effort, but also it distracts them from the exercise and gets them to really, really get a really good workout in for their mind and their body at the same time. Well, and it's hard, it's like exercising the brain at the same time, not just the straight counting by threes, but there's something about the multiple parts of your body needing to function at the same time? 
Exactly. That, yeah, it was unbelievable. Um, so last question, what's the biggest lesson that you've learned from working with these type of people, but with celebrities, with athletes? Uh, that everybody has their own issues. There's no perfect person and there's no happy person uh, unless they want to be. And we create all the issues that we have and you can just as quickly uncreate them. So it really makes, has helped me become extremely responsible for me and my actions. Yeah, and so, and again, the celebrities, they're just humans too. They look fancy, they look great in their clothes, they're on the red carpet, but deep inside, they're having the same deep secret questions that we all are. Right, and that money does not buy happiness. Money buys, can buy a lot of freedom, but, and that's uh, where it gets a little tricky, is that uh, money cannot buy happiness. And it sometimes through social media, it looks like it can, and it cannot. Uh, money is fantastic. I love money. It's fun to go do what you want to do whenever you want to do it. But also at the t- same time, a lot of people I know who have a lot of money have staffing issues. So it, there's a whole new bag of tricks where their properties, their cars, all that stuff starts to own them instead of them owning their houses, right. their, their, their cars, their, their life. All that fanciness ain't all it's cracked up to be. So little, little issues here and there and something broke and something needs to be fixed and somebody stole something and all that. All right. Great stuff. Joel Harper, joelharperfitness.com. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me on, Sarah. I'm talking to Joel Harper, fitness trainer to the stars, about his unique strategy for helping his celebrity clients meet their fitness goals. It's not simply about more crunches or running longer distances. Joel's program combines mindfulness techniques with efficient workouts and healthful life choices to ensure their changes last longer than the red carpet. His book, Mind Your Body, provides a simple step-by-step methodology for evaluating where you are and identifying where you want to go in the 10 core areas of your life. Fitness, nutrition, family and friends, nest, spiritual, work, attitude, finances, hobbies, interests, dreams. Joel covers the whole gamut. To Joel, achieving balanced successes is the key to lasting change rather than roller coasters of frustration. You can get your own copy of Joel's book at The Bottom Line Store. In it, you'll find his 10 core concept self-test to determine your deserved level for success and his four-week plan for achieving those successes, including his unique 15-minute workouts, photos that show how to do each exercise, menu plans, and recipes. Order Joel Harper's Mind Your Body today and receive 20% off by using the promo code PODCAST. That's bottomlinestore.com, promo code PODCAST, bottomlinestore.com, promo code PODCAST.